With AMC Plus, the plus doesn't just mean more, it means better. Available through the platforms you're already on, AMC Plus is a premium streaming bundle with the best of AMC, plus the complete collections of Shudder, Sundance Now, and IFC Films Unlimited. Get the latest from The Walking Dead with early access and exclusives. Binge acclaimed series like Mad Men, ad-free, and with new content dropping each week, like Gangs of London, a powerful drama about London's criminal underworld, there's always something fresh to check out. Sign up at amcplus.com, amcplus.com, AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Thanks so much for tuning in to Bravo Happy Hour. Just a reminder that if you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to give it a five-star rating and leave a little review. It's the best way to let other Bravo lovers find out about the show. Today's episode is blessed with the presence of Hannah Brown. She's an L.A.-based actress, writer, and host of the pop culture podcast, Brown-Eyed Unicorn. Welcome back to the show. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me, Megan. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Well, you've been living the dream in L.A. Wasn't it like 97 or 87 degrees out the other day? It was hot as fuck. Yes, it definitely was. And I want to say I have a lizard phobia and I think the heat mixed with the cleanliness of the Los Angelian air is causing the lizards to come out. Um, So that's posing a new issue. But by and large, yeah, I'm thankful for the warm weather, the sunshine and the fresher air for sure. It's kind of surreal when you see all of like the videos in like the Venice canals where the the water is just like crystal clear blue perfect because none of like the pollution or anything and it kind of makes you look at what's happening right now and it's like damn the world stops just a little bit and slowly the earth like I know heals itself yeah oh my god well unfortunately something that's not going to be healing soon is my broken heart. Real Housewives of Potomac. That was a that was an incredibly dramatic. Song. That was so good. <laughs> As it was coming out, I was like really like getting jazzed up. I'm like, wow, how am I going to keep going on this one? Right. <laughs> the Real Housewives of Potomac season five launch was unfortunately moved from this upcoming May third to summer 2020, which I think is the rudest thing that they didn't even give us a date. They hit us with a, a season. What the hell is that? Like, it's so cruel. It's so cruel and so just unfair. And I really don't think the ladies were privy to this because within like a day of the announcement that this is going to be pushed, every single one of them was posting their cast photos and get excited for the third Sunday yeah. night, get excited. And it's like, what? They just like ripped the rug underneath the entire cast. Casual. I know. And and I want to say, like, I was recently told to watch Real Housewives of Potomac by Mani from Mixing with Mani. And she was like, you need to get on it. Like, don't be lazy. Like, you need to get caught up by the time the new season starts. And so I did. And I was finally caught up. And then that news comes out. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I will say those ladies do more work than, like, 90% of the shows on Bravo, I would argue. And so for them not to know that their own show was pushed, I was like, what is going on here? I completely agree. And the cast of Potomac, I kind of just think is perfect right now. And it never, it has never needed to change. I'm glad. So you're new to Potomac. So I'm so glad you're, you've jumped in and just as like a testimonial, please like tell people that it's so great and so easy to jump into. I feel like people will be like, I don't know. I'm just not ready. Should I start at last season? And I always say, start at episode one and enjoy the ride. Like there's so much in the show. Yeah, I jumped into season two, I think per Danny Pellegrino's recommendation, and also just because I was like overwhelmed by the amount of content, which now that I've gotten good at binging TV again, like I no longer use that as an excuse. But I I just think they're all, they all bring so much to the table. And for me, it's like binging seasons two through four. My favorite, like my favorite members of the cast shifted a bunch of different times. And that's what I think is so fun is they all bring so much to the table that you're like, now I'm on your side, but now I'm on your side and you're always like changing your mind. Yeah. That's kind of the fun thing. I think about these shows in general, like how it is kind of like a flip flopping based on every episode. Like you really don't know who you're going to love and who you're going to hate at the end of an episode Yes, change at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. But Potomac has kind of been ride or die for the last couple of seasons, if you ask me. And this one is a bummer because, like, I just I understand that we have Roni and Beverly Hills right now and Vanderpump Rules and, you know, a lot of great shows out. Don't get me wrong. And Andy Mm -hmm. basically said, like, 
we have two great housewives running right now. He'd rather have fresh content later than none, which I totally agree with. And once, you know, King Andy spoke, I kind of just like fell in line and I was like, you're right. We're all taking one for the team. We all have to sacrifice things for sure in these unprecedented times. (laughs) But God, we don't have to like it. We can be pissed about it. Yeah. I mean, like I need Giselle and Karen Huger like fighting. I I am obsessed with Karen Huger. Like when I started watching, I was like, she's going to bug the shit out of me. And now I'm like, no, we need her. She doesn't ever bug me. I'm actually quite annoyed by Giselle most of the time. I think she's messy. Uh-huh. I find her funny and beautiful and a gray mom. So I also like those sides of her. But I kind of have always found her a little bit annoying, whereas Karen and her antics don't bother me, even though they probably should, considering she had a press conference with no press. Oh, iconic. 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 And then Matt just sitting there, and they're all like, who's this random white guy, like, sitting at the table? And then they're not allowed to ask questions. Karen's like, no questions. They're like, but it's a press conference. And then there's also no press. It was like an empty ballroom. with <laughs> so good. Chairs. Didn't they have champagne and, like, nuts? I feel like they had, like, cash. <laughs> Or, like, pistachios. There's, like, a bowl for the shelves, like, on the side. So, can I order a drink? Or, like, can I get food? And she's like, no. (laughs) But, see, like, that. this is a moment, perfect example of a a Karen moment where she's being absolutely outrageous, outlandish, (laughs) ridiculous, like, unable to address any of, like, the cast members, like, actual problems with her or questions they have about her finances. Uh And then Giselle comes in with, like, the rude T-shirt with, like, tax reform and free uncle Ben and shit like that is what makes me annoyed by her where it's like we could have just had like a fun stupid press conference but then you did have to take it to another level which I guess makes her a good reality star can I ask sorry I know we have a lot of topics to get to but I want to ask you how did you feel about Katie in season four of Potomac because I was like shocked by like her entire presence in season four I kind of always think Katie is like a tragic figure. I really like watching her because I do think she's like quite real. I can't remember what situation she was talking about, but I think Mm -hmm. it was Ashley and Michael. And she was like, well, does he like sucking dick? (laughs) As if like, it was so commonplace to like ask a woman that about their husband. But I always felt like she never was really like hiding who she was or hiding her crazy. But I think they kind of did her dirty last season. They brought her back as a friend of, which was great. I was really excited to see her come back because her mm-hmm. first few seasons were ridiculous with that Andrew guy and mm-hmm. her relationship with him and, you know, just her, her crazy life. But I did think they did her dirty when they didn't really give her like a say at the reunion. And they didn't really explain when she like inexplicably left in the middle of the night during that cash trip. And then they all just kind of were like, we're really worried about her, really worried about her. And then that was it. Like, there was nothing else. And excommunicated her. And she was wilding out on the internet and, like, posting really wild stuff about her ex-husband and, like, like sexual assault abuse allegations and a lot of stuff like that. So I think Bravo just did, like, a full moonwalk away from her. Whoa. I think that's, like, mean. Like, (laughs) sometimes it's, like, crying out for help, like... Sometimes people, you, you, she's crying for help, meaning like she needs help. And so for Bravo, probably like her income source to like be like, fuck you. We don't even care. You can't even come to the reunion. Kind of made me feel sad for her. Yeah. Her energy in season four was kind of reminiscent of like a Kelly Cloran Ben Simone circus mm-hmm. Gary Island energy, yeah. especially in the Cayman Islands. With the wigs. Yes. With the wig work. It was out of control. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it was wild, but, and, but I did appreciate too, how she just said to Ashley, well, I think you are stupid and you are dumb. Yeah. Like she literally (laughs) said it to Ashley's face and it's like, we were all thinking it, even though that's really mean of me to say, like the way she handled the Michael situation was really confusing. And it consistently will be confusing. They have like more beef coming up this season where he was in the room with strippers and she's talking about how her sex drive has changed. It's like, of course, you just had a baby. Like, things will change. Right. But your trifling-ass husband is out there on the streets doing you dirty for a fifth season in a row. Like oh, That's the thing. It's like, how many times is Michael Darby going to step in shit? And if I were Ashley, like, if I didn't want to handle that on a national scale, then worldwide scale, I don't know, wherever the fuck people get Bravo, then, like, I totally get that. But then I would be like, hey, I'm leaving this show. Like, I can't. It's so hard to do both, to, like, try and keep your skeletons in your closet 
while still being on a reality show as we're seeing hopefully on Beverly Hills this season. Gorgeous little segue. Thank you. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. But yeah, uh, we have Brandy Glanville coming out of Beverly Hills who has been, I guess, shading Denise throughout Twitter, throughout anywhere she can really say words. Like it doesn't matter where it's like, she's doing, she's talking shit in cameo videos. Like that's for a person, not only Brandy. She tweeted, Oh my God, I think I'm getting sued again. And then followed up with, I've been asked by Bravo TV to stay off social media talking about housewives. That is the only reason I am not replying to you. Fucking hater cunts. Cunt wait for open season. (laughs) Like (laughs) she is the messiest bit. Oh God. She really just doesn't understand. Like, she is getting sued. Supposedly, Denise sent her a cease and desist letter because she's been talking so much shit in the press, which understandably so. Denise is like, get my name out of your mouth. We had a little bit too much reposado one night. I went down on you, and let's call it a night. Like, I don't even think they had, like, this passionate lesbian tryst trying to make this out. I think they got wasted, hooked up. And then we're like, oh, fuck, in the morning. Like, oh, God, what happened? You know, I feel like it was a very casual thing. That Right, like like a, like a Kristen Doty chowing down on Britney's Kentucky muffin situation. Exactly, a light muffin trump. Nothing. Between like, gal pals. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eliana and Alala on the back of Sandoval's car. Something fun like that. Fun, sexy, you know. Well, I, I can't think of who... Brandy also... This actually reminds me, I think it was season six or seven of Beverly Hills and Brandy, I guess, made out with Carlton in a hot tub. And then in one episode, like, I guess a couple weeks later, they were talking and she was like, oh, my God, well, we made out. And she said it in front of all of the girls. And Carlton was like, what are you saying? Like, stop. Yeah, that's right. She's like, we made out. Yes. We made out, the two of us, in our hot tubs with no cameras on. Like, it's not for public consumption. That's not their business. So I feel like Brandy is like, if I'm telling the truth, it's okay to say. And it's like, I guess that's a way of looking at truth telling. But also wouldn't, it's like a friend who you know might get upset because you're talking about this. Probably explicitly asks you not to talk about it and you can't stop talking about it. That's where the problem is. That's why you're like. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, there's a big difference between like telling your close friends, if like, if you genuinely are like saying it, like you don't think it's a big deal, like, oh, me and Carlton made out to like, I don't know, a mutual friend. And they're like, oh my God, no way. First of all, I don't think that's a big deal, but that's neither here nor there. But like doing it on camera is where shit gets fucked up. Like doing it on this huge scale to me is what makes it messed up because now you're inviting literally every human who has access to Bravo to comment on something that really should be nobody's business. And the fact that you, we just see her in a room telling Teddy and Kyle, the two like little yentas on the cast, yeah. that's happened. And they're all like in a bedroom with like draped uh, things hanging from like the top of the bed. I'm like, where are you guys? And now you guys are all buddy, buddy, hanging out in each other's bedrooms, talking about you hooking up with Denise. It just felt like very contrived to me. But I mean, yeah, Brandy will never learn. But I think it was Teddy who said something in the press or I I honestly can't even remember anything. Like there's too many people in the Bravo world that everything is like mush in my brain. But someone was saying that like the Denise stuff is barely even really about uh, Brandy and that how there's other stuff that was going on that we don't know about as viewers yet. And so I'm kind of like that is in the world too. Not to be a Sheena, but my boyfriend's theory is that the Brandy stuff is a very small part of it and that he thinks that there's more Charlie stuff that we don't know about yet. And then, yeah, potentially more stuff on top of that that she doesn't want on camera. Um, But I also want to say, and I don't want to place blame on anyone who's hooked up with Brandy, but if I were to have like a tryst with someone and I didn't want it to get out, the last person I would pick would be Brandy. She has made an entire living based on drinking and tweeting. Like, I feel like you have a secret and those two things are like (laughs) your like go-to things to do. Like, you just don't tell that person the secret. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't let her be part of the secret either. Um, But yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's messy. I love it for reality TV, but on a personal level, I'm like, geez, Brandy, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I just think it's. 
I think let, let let it just be like, let your hookup just be what it was. Like you don't have to keep mm-hmm. bringing it up, but mm-hmm. Beverly Hills has been really good. And I'm so excited to see how Teddy freaks out when people don't go to her retreat. I cannot wait. I cannot. Oh my God. There have been too many seasons of Beverly Hills trying to convince me that like Teddy is like a chill, cool girl because we know that she's not. Like, I'm happy that finally the cast is turning on her because, like, I feel like there's been kind of a divide and, like, Kyle's really tried to, like, root for Teddy the last few seasons and then Erica had issues with her. But now that the whole cast, like, got that invite to the retreat and was like, fuck this, I was, like, I felt so refreshed. I was like, okay, I feel like I'm on the same page with these ladies now and that's really exciting. It was really awesome when she sent that. And then also just to see everybody's testimonials just laughing at her. Yes. That she'd get so upset. Like, Teddy found a way to make Dorit showing up 43 minutes to a dinner about a four-season arc, like a four-episode arc for herself. Yes. Like, she will make a mountain out of a molehill, and this is just going to get, like, so blown out of proportion. And I love seeing Garcelle being, like, immediately, great, I'm not going. And then Sutton even... Like when they and then um, ended up having the conversation later, and Teddy's just being so defensive, saying, "Oh, I don't even care if you guys come. I don't care." Something's like, "Well, if you don't care if I don't come, then I'm not coming." Like, right? I'm oh, sorry if you hear any like screaming in the background. It's seven o'clock in New York, and everybody like claps for hospital workers. So, oh, that's cute! Yeah, Yay! So- Wait, yeah. I want to ask you: Would you go to Teddy's retreat? Well, no, I don't believe (laughs) like, even if like, it was like a, you know, market research for my podcast, not market Mm -hmm. research, just research for my podcast. I would never, because I I frankly don't like subscribe to her lifestyle choices. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, doing 55 minutes of cardio every day a week and then eating like a cucumber with like three pieces of lettuce and some, you know, extra virgin olive oil on top with like some flaky salt, like isn't a meal you shouldn't have to feel like everything is a chore. And I also like can't even imagine having like a stranger text me constantly, like send me pictures of yourself on a treadmill to prove that you're doing it. I'd be no, like, fuck that. I agree with you. <laughs> like, fuck you. No, Teddy, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing yeah. it. I'm not all in with Teddy. I'm not even like one toe in with Teddy. Nowhere near being in with her. I, yeah. I And I feel bad for her. I feel like she's, deeply like insecure and we see her kind of open up with Lisa Rinna about it how she felt always less than because of who her dad was and and that must suck especially like she got on the show being her like being the child of John Cougar Mellencamp and like Mm -hmm. she had nothing really to bring and then like a couple you know episodes and she's like I do this accountability thing and at the time she had like six clients and so it wasn't really anything and so I feel like over the last few seasons she's trying to like figure out what she's doing maybe with like her career and really trying to prove herself in addition to trying to prove that she's like a great interesting housewife where it's like it's just not, it's not clicking girl. Like it's just not for you. And your friends like make fun of you. And she thinks Kyle's her friend, but Kyle like sits up at a vineyard and makes fun of her walk and then makes fun of her walk when she's pregnant and walking down a runway in New York fashion week. Like I just always feel like they're always kind of mean to her and she doesn't see it because she thinks she's like being included. And like, that's, yeah, it's triggering. It's very like seventh grade. And now like, she's like, I don't even care if you guys don't come. And it's like, She's like, my favorite thing would be if you guys just like left before dinner. It's like, oh my God, if they leave before dinner, then you're going to freak out. And Dorit was like, okay, I have to leave before dinner. And she's like, okay, Dorit, whatever. I know. It's like, what do, you, what do you want? What do you want? I know it was so cringe because it was like, you could tell she was like trying to empower herself in that moment. And she was really doing the opposite. And they were all kind of just looking at each other. Like this woman is like on the verge of some sort of breakdown over this retreat. And like, none of us want to fucking go. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go. I wonder how much money it was. I feel like I probably talked about it on the show. I like, feel like I had to have like brought this up if I saw it online. You know all the info. Truly, you know so much scoop. I'm like so I'm so in awe, and I really admire like all the research you do. It's fun to a extent, but then yeah, I'm always like, why am I on these blogs? Like, what am I? <laughs> what am I even doing? Let me see. I like vaguely remember writing about this. Okay, so this retreat was like 
for her clients and then like normal, not want to be like normal people, but like people who weren't on the show could also pay money to go. And then she invited the girls as well. Is that the idea? I believe so. I think okay. that's how it I mean, I would have paid if she was like, come to my retreat and like complain about exercise with Erica Jane, I would have paid like thousands of dollars that I don't have to do that. Yeah. I mean, Erica Jane is a draw. Like she would make people want to go. Teddy, I'm like, I'd honestly rather commit to being unhealthy for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, I got to a point with my like YouTube workout videos where I literally was like screaming at an instructor in a video because it was like one of those days where like, I just like my body was not doing anything. The video wanted me to do my ponytail kept like flopping in front of my like sweaty brow. And like, I was getting so, and I didn't have like any space. Like I kept bumping into furniture when I tried to do the workout and I just started screaming profanities at the instructor on YouTube. And it was because she was so in shape and so cheerful and so excited about exercise. And I just like was not in that place with her. And I don't think I ever, fully will be. Um, and I can imagine Teddy being that type of human. And I just don't think it would have worked out well for me, even if I had the money to go. <laughs> well, I kind of like how Erica always kind of DL shades her. Like even when they were in New York, she was like, yeah, I was hung over and Teddy was in the gym, like working out. It's like, babe, you're pregnant. Just sleep in. Like yes. she just keeps moving. But I guess that's her whole thing. Like, Good for her. We don't have to, we don't have to do it. <laughs> good thank god erica has actually been really nice this season the past few seasons i have been crazy about her but i think she is a quick study and probably read some reddit threads and listened to some podcasts and heard that people think she's cold Mm -hmm. so she did a full 180 and now is like you know opening up about her past and you know having different kinds of scenes with tom where she's showing like she's crying in his arms and Mm -hmm. proud have these kind of moments. And so it has been nice seeing that side of her. Yeah, it's definitely refreshing. Cause I was the same way. Like I loved her first season and I think her second season on the show. And then I eventually kind of got turned off. Cause I was just like, her coldness comes off sometimes as like a super superiority complex. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm such a cool chill girl and I never cry about anything. And so it's like, it's nice to see her like, kind of fall away from that idea. And instead of worrying about being like the cool, chill girl, letting herself fall apart and be a little bit vulnerable. It's like, we want to see every side to a person on a reality show. We don't just want to see like a two dimensional character, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, the fact that she's on Broadway is so major. So when Tom is like, I'm proud of you, kid. This is this is such cool <laughs> stuff. Like the fact that he's like a cute old dad, like so proud of her. I just like loved that scene where you could kind of see it's like, oh my god, this exactly this all makes sense why you are together because I know, I know. I made a note when I was watching that episode. Like it looked like the embodiment of like a daddy issue, and I don't mean that in like a mean or insensitive way. I just mean like between the fact that like her dad wasn't really around, and then her mom was like very much a tough love kind of parent. To just have a spouse be like, I'm proud of you, had to like, no wonder it hit her as hard as it did. You know, I thought it was really sweet. Totally. Imagine if her and Countess Luann were both in Chicago at the same time. Like, like, Countess was supposed to play, what's her name, Mama Morton, which like also played by Queen Latifah, Queen Latifah, Countess Luann. Like, it's a it's a role for royalty. Yes, exactly. And like, <laughs> imagine like, um, like Erica and Luann being in it at simultaneously. Like I would pay $300 for like the last row of the house just to see that. 100%. I would too. I like New York. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like no shade to like, you know, Bravo or not Bravo stars, Broadway stars, but like, <laughs> I would pay more money for like a less talented Bravo person to do the role. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like one of the worst things about like Broadway, Broadway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I remember I had a friend who was really obsessed with Nick Jonas and we once saw how to get away with business starring Nick Jonas. And I remember thinking like, this is an amazing musical. Why is Nick Jonas I know. In here, like he's singing and dancing, he's doing an okay job. But then I'm like, yeah, well, you know, he paid seventy bucks a seat, and that's why Nick Jonas is here. 
There you I go. Know. When I was living in Chicago, I saw um, a play called This Is Our Youth, and it had Michael Sarah, Tavi Gevinson, and Kieran Culkin in it. Oh, my and God, this was, Yeah, and, and Kieran was really good because he had done the role, like, off-Broadway for a while at that point. But, like, Michael Sarah and Tavi Gevinson, like, weren't great. And I was just like, oh, you guys, you just plopped a bunch of, like, famous kids onto the stage to guarantee <laughs> that we would all come. And we came – but yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah. Tavi doesn't do it for me. I tried to get her to work on a project with us at work. <gasps> she was not having it. So I'm, I'm anti Tavi and I, I've been anti Tavi forever. And now I'm glad that I have a personal reason. I hate Tavi. So period. <laughs> End of story before I get like sued by Tavi's team. As a <laughs> show. Tavi, My boyfriend's going to be like, how's rookie mag going Tavi. <laughs> right. Oh, I remember when I was like, when I was younger, I was like obsessed with fashion and had like a fashion blog and like worked at a bunch of designer studios. And that was like my thing. And I was in high school. And so was Tavi. I think we were a year or two apart. And I remember like having a deep hatred towards her. It wasn't even hatred. It was just like pure jealousy when I was like in 10th grade. And I, this has carried since into adulthood now. And so it's actually, I have to go to therapy. I have to bring this up. Would you say it's like, did you ever watch the show girls? Yes. Like, do you feel like you're Hannah Horvath and she's Tally Schifrin (laughs) (laughs) who who wrote the book, leave me alone. And she's like, you know, the book really just poured out of me, Hannah. And you know, it's really great that you're trying to write, even though it's not as natural for you. (laughs) Jenny Slade. Golden age of girls. I loved like, I remember just like, dying like the first season was like this is my show same you're on crazy like I'm gonna get ugly tattoos like I don't even care (laughs) like just don't care and then like season two it's like oh my god we can't get a single non-white on this show yeah not even a barista like not even like anything no okay no not a one not a one other than the one that she dated other than the one black man that Hannah dated and I believe like offended immediately and I think it was like episode one of season two they got the critique that there was not a single non-white on the show Donald Glover I believe (laughs) yeah oh my god Uh, he's so cute Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, moving on to other shows that are currently airing right now, Real Housewives of Atlanta filmed their Zoom reunion. Andy said they, Atlanta Housewives, man, they're trailblazers. They worked so hard to make the reunion happen. We had days of technical rehearsals and stuff just to make sure it looked good, and I think it did. Believe it or not, content-wise, there's so much stuff there, and tipping my hat to the Atlanta Housewives. And I can't wait to see this new strange format. I'm, I'm excited to see what the editors can create. Yeah, it made me sad, like, hearing that they were going to do a Zoom reunion because I'm just, like, I love the idea. We have so many iconic moments from reunions of people, like, Teresa, like, physically, you know, shoving Andy and, like, people getting up and, like, dramatically walking across the set, which is a huge set, so it takes such a long time of them, like, awkwardly clicking away when they they leave the stage. So, you know, it's sad that those layers are no longer going to be present in these Zoom reunions, but, you know, I trust the Atlanta ladies to make the most of it. I do too. And based on this like one little photo that we have, it looks like they all have like, I can't tell if they're like real backgrounds or like prop backgrounds where they had to like hire prop stylists or something to come in and like set up the backgrounds because they look pretty legit and they all kind of look cohesive. Yes. I was going to say, it looks like uniform. It's not like one person has like some weird like lamp in the background and another person has like, I don't know, like a chair. (laughs) <laughs> I think Portia's just randomly going to start breastfeeding in the middle of it. Like, I feel like even every season, every episode of her with baby PJ this season, she's just, like, feeding that baby a bottle. Like, she's the sweetest little baby who is just constantly being fed. It is – I don't know why I find it so cute, but – Honestly, like, I would love for her to breastfeed in the middle of a reunion because that would, like, you know, add a nice, like, sweet touch to those things that, like, happen in reunions that are unexpected. Yeah, like bringing out a megaphone and screaming in someone's face. Like, it's yes. like all, the same, all the same kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited for this reunion. I think because they've had a little bit longer, probably like a month more to think about how they're going to react to certain things that they saw on the show. And because 
the public critic, the public has seen more episodes than they usually have by the time that they're filming the reunion. Mm-hmm. They probably all have like different opinions on what happens week by week. And so I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes. And I mean, it should be interesting. It's, it's a weird whole new world. And I like the fact that it's like, how are we going to now do our virtual reunions? It's like, I know it's like, I'm like, trying to be optimistic, but like something about the, I mean, I think this is where like cyberbullying comes from is that the safety of being behind your computer really allows you to say shit that you wouldn't maybe normally say to someone's face. And so that's, what's kind of a bummer about these types of reunions as like cautiously optimistic as I am about them. Cause that's our only option is like, there's, I'm, I don't know. I'm interested to see like how much conflict arises in this format and then how, if it does arise, how it lands also in this format. Yeah. Cause even just the concept of talking over each other, which sometimes is actually the funniest part of yes. a reunion or like a dinner party scene where there's like six people talking to each other. Someone's talking under their breath. Someone makes a comment. They look mm-hmm. across the couch and say, what did you say to me? Like, those are the social cues that sometimes can fuel a reunion mm-hmm. and make people, you know, angrier or, you know, happier, whatever this emotion may be. And so it, it should be interesting because as they're all just kind of sitting in front of a computer, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> meeting. Really interesting. I mean, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be out in like, I think they said early May. So we have a couple weeks, but I think it'll take some finessing with the editing to make this into something like palatable for two or three episodes like how many parts can this be if re- uh, for Atlanta like I think they once had a four-part reunion which was like three or four seasons ago and I remember being like a full fucking month of reunions we do not need this that's excessive like <laughs> amazing but excessive yeah I think uh, it'll probably be two parts Maybe. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. That's what's so tricky about all this. Like, watch what happens live. I love that show, but like, watch what happens live at home. Like, I know they're doing the best they can, but it's like, TV is a visual medium. So it's like, I want to see like my glossy TV shows the way I normally consume them. It's hard to adjust your brain to watching just like videos that everyone's making at home. Totally. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And also, we're not going to get like those now like iconic scene moments where it's like they're all in their dressing room getting ready before and Andy's yes. like so Kenya how are you so Nini are you ready to talk to Cynthia like <laughs> I feel like I love those moments planting the seeds exactly <laughs> like slowly but surely trying to get into everybody's psyche before they sit down mind fuck them absolutely so to moving to totally different news, Jennifer Aiden coming out of the Real Housewives in New Jersey opened up a couple weeks ago saying she tested positive for the coronavirus. And now this past week, she said she's feeling better. However, her father and her 12 year old daughter, Gabby, also contracted coronavirus. So that just sucks. It's just an update. But so sad. Hey, she's a young girl. It's like. In the beginning of all of this, they were like, don't worry, no kid or young person can ever get it. <laughs> and like slowly I know. Uh, sweet, sweet Gabby. I hope that her dad's okay. Yeah, that that's one thing. Like, I think when Jennifer got sick, the mom and dad ended up coming to their 432-room home mm-hmm. to live and watch the kids. And then obviously, you know. For many of us, the holidays will look different this year. Family and friend reunions might not be the same, but that shouldn't stop us from feeling close. That's why I'm gifting my loved ones the most meaningful gift this year, a chance to tell their story and share memories using StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun new way to engage with family, especially those you can't see in person this year. Around this time last year, I lost my grandfather, and I felt this insane guilt that I didn't ask him enough questions about his love story with my grandma, his career, his immigration journey from Italy in the 1960s, and so much more. To honor his birthday this past year, I gifted my grandma a StoryWorth membership. Every week, StoryWorth emails her a different prompt with questions you'd never think to ask, like, if you were to do it over, what would you have done differently? Or when was your first kiss? You can customize your prompts to ask anything you'd like, so I obviously had to ask, who's your favorite grandkid? Just kidding. (laughs) 
After one year, StoryWorth will compile all your stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that ships for free. I'm planning to order one for myself, my brothers, and my cousins so we can share our grandparents' story with our children someday. Give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash bravohh. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash bravohh for $10 off. If you are anything like me, you haven't bought a single gift for anybody this year, maybe other than yourself. (laughs) This will be an amazing gift for anybody who is looking for that last minute gift that doesn't involve shipping costs and will be something that you can pass down to your families for generations. That's storyworth.com slash bravohh for $10 off you guys and you get a deal look at that house is really big there's definitely surfaces jennifer probably touched with mm-hmm. her hands whatever or sneeze on something and it can easily spread but yeah any older person getting it does scare me no sending good vibes to jennifer and her family for sure same 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 all of the good vibes but so yeah. on the corona train since we're knee deep oh actually look train Perfect segue. <laughs> Kelly Dodd from the <laughs> <laughs> that <was> fucking Kelly. <laughs> so Kelly Dodd from the Real Housewives of OC started going in on people on Instagram because Kelly, I don't think got the memo of staying home. I really don't think she picked up on that. So she was flying back, I think from New York a couple days ago. People were like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, you should be flying. Just stay home, whatever. Why are you flying? Do you know how many people died from H1N1, the swine flu, or SARS? It's 25%. Get your facts straight. You are clearly hearing numbers, not the reality. It's God's way of thinning the herd. If you are vulnerable or compromised, stay inside. If you don't protect others by wearing masks and gloves, keep your distance and don't go outside. If you are ill, it is common sense. So people are having a problem with the it's God's way of thinning the herd. And I feel like Kelly Dodd and Jack Taylor are pretty much on the same school of empathy Yes. (laughs) at this rate. Like why can't you just sit at home and accept the fact that people are dying? It's not God thinning the herd. This is a pandemic that no one knew was. No, that's what makes me so mad about all of this is I'm like, everyone is like speaking out of their ass about it. And then I'm like, the second this becomes personal to someone, like the second it's your parent or your child or whoever you love who has this virus, it's like, that might make you shut the fuck up about how it's God's way. I just don't understand. It makes me so lit. It's so frustrating, but then we also can't forget Kelly Dodd is actively choosing to marry a Fox News reporter. So I can imagine the rhetoric that she's hearing every night has something to do with like Chinese people eating bats and like along those terms. So I Very feel Dodd may not be the person that we should be going to as like a fan base for like Jack morale. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. No, Jax is such a dipshit. I don't know what his problem is. I saw him posting something the other day about FedEx, and he's like, well, at FedEx, like, how dare you not even ring my doorbell? You just leave the package note saying, you missed me? I was inside. How? And it's like, dude, do you not understand the amount of packages and stress that these delivery men and women have to deal with every single day because of what is going on. Like, can you just for a second put yourself in their shoes where you're like, no, I didn't get my Nintendo switch game in time. And now I can't fucking put like whatever he was getting in FedEx. Oh my God. No, you know what I bet happened? I bet that they did ring the doorbell multiple times and Jax was in his man cave that smells like feet and farts, like jerking off to something and he didn't fucking hear. And then he missed the packages, but because he's Jax, he can't take any fucking accountability and then took to Twitter like a, quote, mature adult <laughs> to deal with the problem. It's it's infuriating. He is such a joke and a half. And I think because the last few episodes of Vanderpump Rules, him and Brittany basically have been phased out. I haven't heard like a yeehaw from Brittany in about three weeks. And oh my God, it's been so refreshing. It's been so nice. And he has been really rude on Instagram and all of her social about Sheena lately. So I guess he was doing like an after show thing with Lisa Vanderpump on like Bravo TV's website, which like I never watch those like, cause it's just like a circle jerk sometimes of like mm-hmm. <laughs> Bravo people. And like, I have to draw a line somewhere. Right. But, uh, he was on one with Lisa Vanderpump and they were talking about why Sheena just can't land a man. Like what another, what a novel concept. Let's keep uh. talking 
But he was saying, oh, maybe Sheena would be able to get a man if she didn't fuck on the first date. And Sheena's like, what are you even talking about? And she clapped back being like, don't talk about me having sex. Like, one, I don't just have sex willy-nilly with everyone and their fucking mother. But even if I did and if I wanted to, that wouldn't be, like, the reason why she, quote, doesn't have a serious relationship when she just came out that she's been in a relationship with that guy, Brock, for seven months. And they're so in love. Like, Jax is so mean. Like, he's so mean-spirited. How dare you say that about a young woman who's, like, getting her groove back? Like, how Sheena got her groove back? Yeah, I'm fully, like, I'm really on board with Sheena's, um, you know, I was on board with her single journey, and now I'm happy that she's happily dating this, you know, Brock fellow who's built, like, a house. Um, (laughs) Built, like, a house in the Valley Village. Um, Strong and young. Um, But... As far as Jax goes, it's just, he's so disgusting for so many reasons, but it's like, dude, like the reason you landed a long-term relationship with Brittany has nothing to do with like you being a good person or you being an ideal partner. To me, it has to do with the fact that like Brittany saw an opportunity on the show, whether she's ever going to admit it or not, and hitched her wagon to Jax and didn't have enough self-confidence to realize that she would still be on the show and still be successful if she bounced after all the faith stuff came out. So, like, I mean, I'm just like, he's one to talk. All this to say he's one to talk. I think that's a really smart way of looking at it. I feel like Brittany will probably be confused as to why there is a phase out of her and Jack's post wedding episodes. And I mean, I give it like another season. They'll do one season of like, we're trying to have a baby. We're going to go to Stassi's wedding. Like we'll get some of that Yeah. because actually come to think of it, Vanderpump rules would start filming what? Like next month. Yeah. Yeah. Early June. So realistically, they're not going to be filming anytime soon. And if we're still going around the route of this is based at a restaurant, who knows if Sir or Tom Tom or Villablanc or Pump will actually be open by then. Oh, shit, so you're right. Might get really pushed back, which might actually, I don't know, the more I think about it, like, even Stassi's wedding, which is in October in Italy, like, will that even be happening? Like, there's so much up in the air, especially with Vanderpump Rules, that this might actually, like, push the cadence where we're used to it being the summertime for them. It yeah. might actually feel like more of a fall-winter thing, which, like, I would love to see Sandoval hosting a Christmas party. Like, I I want to see Holiday Saucy. Oh, yeah. I think they can make that work. And I think maybe, you know, the time of year will at least make it feel a little bit fresh and new in some way. I also want to say I love Charlie this season. And Charlie, I follow Charlie on TikTok, and I find her to be very entertaining. I love that Charlie wore those pants with like the slits on the sides that Sheena also wore when she was doing like her euphoria moment. Yes. How, how Brett was like, God, I can't take my eyes off of Charlie. I'm like, I wonder if you saw Sheena in those pants ever. I know. I know. Also when Sheena like went down that like euphoria road, I was like, you know what? I just want to say that Manny from Degrassi walked so that like <laughs> Sheena and Maddie from euphoria run. Like walking down the hallway with her like thong, with her G string like, out, her whale tail. I remember like thinking that was hot, and like I remember this is like so pathetic and desperate, but like being in like eighth grade and like having my thong show just like a teeny bit, but like actively <laughs> so it would show. And then I was like, I'm hot. Like I may even be a slut. Like I might be a slut. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I when I started getting my underwear at Victoria's Secret, it was like a full butt, like cotton panty. But I remember thinking it looked cool. Like if I leaned over in the back between like the gap between my jeans and my underwear, like showed and then the Victoria's Secret, like band just like popped out a little bit over my jeans. (laughs) I'm like, I'm, I, it's so fucked up. I mean, like, you know, but also it's like, I'm not saying that like anyone in junior high should strive to be sexy. I think children are sexualized way too young these days, but I will also say like, I know that that's what I was trying to do and I know that I failed and I find that to be very funny. Well, yeah, no, it was just like a series of failures of like no one, no one noticing the thong and then me like subsequently getting upset about it. Like the episode of Pen15 where they like keep giving each other the thong. Oh my God, my poor little middle school self. (laughs) Don't you just want to give her a hug? I think about that often with my therapist. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, Lala K 
Kent from Vanderpump Rules also had some interesting news this week. She was saying that she actually was trying to get Megan Fox's role in Midnight in the Switchgrass, which is Rand's movie that he's directing. And don't ask me what the movie's about because I couldn't even do a, a minor Google search when I was after I saw the name, I was like, Midnight in the Switchgrass? I don't even care. Interesting. But I do like how Rand is saying no to Lala getting random parts. Granted, like, Megan Fox would bring a, I assume. Actually, no, I feel like more people would watch a Lala Kent film just because Lala's in it. And, like, you get, like, every person on Bravo being like, Lala! Totally. Megan Fox has, like, stands or e- not even stands, like, people even like willing to like watch something to make fun of her for it. Like she doesn't even have that. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Cause it's like, I'm not really a fan of Lala at all anymore. She drives me insane. But like she's, if she were going to be in a movie, I totally would see it just to like, see what it was about. Yeah. I'd get like a $16 popcorn. I'd start drinking uh-huh. cola again. Like I'd go to the theater and make it a night. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, again, not because I'm like looking for someone to be completely inspired by like a Meryl Streep moment or like a Kate Blanchett monologue. Like, right. no, I'm looking to like laugh at the fact that her face doesn't move, like stuff like that, like ruder, uh, more uh, <laughs> disrespectful kind of. Oh, out. for sure. My boyfriend and I were watching season four of Vanderpump Rules because he recently got on the BPR train. And so we're on season four right now. That's such a good sign for a relationship. If a man like can genuinely watch Vanderpump Rules and then like just admit it and be proud of it, you know? It's, oh my it's, gosh. I want that for everyone. Truly. I'm honestly actively looking for it. Like it's really hard. Cause it's like, even you try, like, I'll, I'll try to tell a guy like, Oh my God, just like watch the first episode with me. Like it's not, no big deal. I'm like trying to not be like so excited about it. Like, yeah. And I think they know they're like, God, if I watch it and hate it, then I actually might hurt her more mm-hmm. than like never, ever sitting down and watching it. So it's, I'm trying, I'm trying to find that person, but it is hard, but I'm sorry. You will. I'm manifesting that for you. And the thing is, it's like, but I feel, I feel like I know so, I have so many friends who like make their significant other, like get into Bravo with them. And I know a lot of straight dudes who like can't get behind the housewives franchises, but like are really into like a below deck of Vanderpump yes. rules, you know, those shows palatable. Like if, yeah. you know, but even like I've had guys at work who will be like, Oh yeah. Like, I watched The Real Housewives in New Jersey with my mom. Like, that kind of turns me off. Like, yeah. as it with their mom and watching Housewives, that weirds me out. If someone's like, I had an ex-girlfriend who made me watch Below Deck Med, and I'm like, tell me more. This woman sounds amazing. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. That's fair. That, that's what I'm interested in. But yeah, guys willy-nilly watching The Real Housewives on their own accord, there might be something wrong with them. You find it confusing. Sure, I sure. Find it, I find it confusing. Well, we were, when we were watching season four of Vanderpump Rules, Jake was like, wait, Lala was so cute there, though. Like, why did she do anything to her face? Like, she looked so just, like, young and fresh-faced. Like, why would she do what she's done? And I'm like, Jake, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's wild to see her try to act now because, like you said, like, her face doesn't move. And I'm still haunted by those photos of that movie she did that yeah. was, like, a period piece. And she had, like, you know, little, like, pin curls in. And then, like, a period costume from, like, the 40s. And then her face looked like a 2020 plastic surgery job from Dr. Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't even deal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's just something about Lala. And I think it's like the rise and fall, kind of like we were saying about Erica Jade earlier. Like, first season, I was like, who is she? She's amazing. Yeah. Second season, she was like, I, I still was into her. She was kind of the underdog. And then the moment she started preaching feminism was when things slowly started to go downhill. And then we got you know, this, uh, this season of her, which is like unnecessarily cruel and mean. And I know like she's been going through a lot, like she lost her father, her sobriety, you know, choosing to willingly have sex with Rand all the time. Like those are big things you <laughs> have to overcome. Um, but like, it doesn't mean you could like be, I just don't think it's like an excuse to be mean to people. And I think Ariana really said it well, where she was like, Kristen Doty was literally trying to ruin my life and my dad died like three weeks before. Yeah. No one cared. And Jack's like lost a dad and was like, you know, so precious on the show about it. And of course, like losing a parent, I can't even imagine must be absolutely 
traumatizing and, and terrible. You know, I, I can't imagine how Lala feels right now, but I don't also believe that that's an excuse for poor behavior and for being mean to people just because you're going through a lot. Like, you know, you need to no. find a lot of hope. <laughs> like, I mean, I lost my mom like four years ago and I definitely acted out and like had my Lala moments for sure. And then like I went to therapy and at least was able to take ownership for like, I fucked up. I acted out of turn and I like kind of had to like go on an apology tour and tell a bunch of people like, Hey, I was grieving, but I was really difficult to be around for a while. And that's the thing about Lala that bothers me is like, her smugness gets worse and I never see her taking any ownership of anything. Like every, it's always everyone else's fault. She's always justified in the way she behaves, even if it's really mean. And now that she has like, you know, money and like clout within the group, at least she is more insufferable than ever. (laughs) Ridiculous. Yeah. And she talked shit about the newbies. I didn't even know about this. So. Oh yeah. She said, I just don't think that we have a solid group of people. I just don't find them very interesting. And I know that's harsh, but, you know, I speak how it is. I don't find them to be super interesting. I feel like they've watched every season of Vanderpump Rules and they're just reenacting what they see, which I don't think is true at all. If that were the case, Dana would be smacking Charlie in the face. Like, we'd get some physical arts. Yeah. We'd get a chunky knit sweater. Like, we would get some throwbacks if they were really trying to do it. I really don't think that any of them are reenacting what they see. I don't, I don't think that's true at all. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's definitely a stark contrast between the OGs and the newer people. First of all, I think for Lala to be that way about new people when she was a new person at one point is pretty obnoxious. And also it's like (laughs) the difference is, is like the thing that made Vanderpump Rules special was that they were a real group of friends. And so these new people were added into the mix, but they're not an organic group anymore. They brought Brett in because he's like a YouTube star and they brought Dana in because, you know, like she was one of the girls in the hotel room and like Charlie, they just brought Charlie and like, it's not as organic as it has been in the past. So I think that's the contrast we're seeing, but to say that they're just like not interesting and bring nothing to the table is obnoxious to me. Especially because Dana is basically in every scene and carrying a lot of the, you know, altercations or at least storylines like her situation with the medium and Sheena this past oh. was so cringeworthy like I am a shishu apologist and <laughs> to a fault and I like felt so bad for her and I and like you know she meant no harm like yeah <laughs> absolutely genuinely was like my friend will love this you know, my mom did it. She lost her mom. She's, she'll be so happy. Like what a, what a great, awesome thing. And then Dana just absolutely annihilates her over it. And her face is like, you know, like that dog where like when you do that face, when dogs are, are confused and they're like, Arr! and they just like yeah. head a little bit like that was, yes. Dana. she did the human version of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hard. here's the thing. I'm really hoping that Like, I can't say what, what the future holds for Vanderpump (laughs) Rules. Okay. But I'm not Sheena's medium Shauna. I can't say what the future holds for this show. um, Sheena's medium Shauna. (laughs) Say that times in a row. (laughs) Right. But I will say Dana is a smart cookie. I think she went into this show with a very specific, and the times I've interacted with her in real life, I just want to say she's fucking delightful. I really like Shane, or I really like Dana, but <laughs> I think she's smart. And I think she went into this show knowing what she wanted to put out there. And I am excited to hopefully see her next season be a little bit messier. Like you could see the rage in her eyes yeah. when Sheena told her about Shauna, <laughs> but it's like, I want to see her like, lose her shit a little bit more because I think she's done a really good job at kind of just like keeping it together and being like, she's not afraid to call people out, but she doesn't get like visually upset. And I want to see her like rip someone's head off. Cause I think she has that in her. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a matter of time after I saw her like drag Max's jewelry through a litter box. Yes. Like, I was like, there is something deeply twisted about you and I need to see more of it. Like I need to see more of this. And I, I like her. I definitely, I definitely enjoy her. And I have been watching her YouTube, like her Instagram, like photorials, photorials. And I've really been enjoying them. They're great. I love them. I think she's really doing a lot with this quarantine to like, kind of like show who she is on her own terms. And that's, it's been fun to like get to know her more through her social media 
as like outside of the show. Totally. And I think there's like a nice way of doing that. Whereas a lot of the other people on the show, like don't like after a couple episodes of Katie still being accused of doing nothing, she's like still actively doing nothing. Like no could do something. And did you see that photo that Tom Schwartz posted? I guess it was like, it was a picture of her wearing his new Moomoo line and it says like, I'm making a, making a triple. I'm not driving or something, which I guess is for some movie. I can't even remember. And so everybody assumed that that meant that they were having a baby and they were like, we're so silly and dumb. We didn't even think that, that this would imply having a baby. It's like, Oh my God, that's all it literally does. Like, even so, why is Tom Schwartz producing moo-moos? Like, we don't need this. Who's buying that? Well, I also saw, I think it was, let's see. I don't want to, I don't want to misquote. <laughs> okay. Raven, AKA mainly Bravo on Instagram. I love her. And she posted, oh, Brands by Bravo was the original Instagram account that posted this. Um, it was a meme of like Katie in the make it three. I'm not driving moo-moo. And then it showed the quote from Home Alone. Mm. And then it quoted Katie saying, I could print T-shirts with Pinterest quotes, too, about James May. And I'm like, oh, the shade of that really satisfied me. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, like you're going to shade Kristen for, you know, just regurgitating Pinterest quotes on her James May shirts. But then Schwartz is literally just like borrowing a quote from Home Alone and putting it on a moo-moo. He's no better. You're dumb moo-moo line. Yeah. I, I don't want a Schwartz memo. I just don't. I don't. I want it at all. And I just don't even know who's the demo for that. Like, who is, like, what adult man is generally looking for a Moomoo with a Home Alone quote? Like, I've never needed one. And I don't think I'll ever, ever need one. Like, especially now, people are struggling with having any sort of disposable income. This right. is. Time to come out with your, you know, whack ass moo line. It's literally like I literally feel like it's just for their group of friends because he did that whole like chillin' line of like chillin' like sweatshirts and sweatpants and it. There's just like myriad photos of like Stassi and Katie like with like ranch and pizza like in their Classic. fucking chillin' wardrobe like oh like making like Stassi loves to make like an ironically like ugly but still hot face like I did in college um <laughs> and there's so many photos of them wearing Schwartz merch and I'm like it's just gonna start all over again now with these moomoos and I don't need to see that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a little Valerie Cherish. Maybe I'll actually watch that tonight. Lately, I've been struggling with television, like other than Bravo, which sometimes is like a chore for me to watch because I have to watch everything and sometimes yes. I just don't feel like it. Yes. But I've just been watching reruns of old comedies, so I might do a comeback. Oh, it's such a good rewatch. And I have said this on my podcast, but I really, because I've had a hard time consuming like new scripted television lately too. And I I think it's it's because the world is so uncertain that your brain can't wrap itself around something uncertain. Like exactly. Like I'm like, I don't even need to know a new plot. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't process it. I'm living a plot of so much uncertainty right now that it's kind of the only thing I can think of. Like, yeah, exactly. I just want to turn my brain off. Like I want to watch Bravo because it's like, sure as the sun rises in the East, I'm going to see Lindsay Hubbard, like activated yelling at somebody like that's content that I can handle, but anything heavier than that, it's not going to happen. Oh my God. Wait, let's end the show. Just talking about summer house because I I mean, it's just so good this season. I love summer house and I love Lindsay and her new like little boyfriend who just is like, I like when men act as like a Xanax to a woman, which oftentimes I look for that in a man where it's like, you just like holds your hand and you automatically are like, okay, um, I won't rip her head off. I won't send that email and I won't scream at my mother or like whatever the situation is. Like, that's what I like. And I like that he is kind of that guy for her. I know. I think she, I think she's such an alpha that I think she needed someone who was just a little more chill and was comfortable being more behind the scenes than like a Carl to sort of balance her out. So like, it's nice to see her with this just like gentle, sweet soul. (laughs) Oh, Carl is so tragic this season too. (laughs) He's like so confused why he can't get laid. It's like, cause you're a piece of trash adult man. Like you've, you've, gone past the age where being a fuckboy is like a fuckboy an unemployed fuckboy is cute like that's just very much so not 
the vibe of any New York City girl or like a woman you'd meet in the Hamptons. <laughs> like totally. I mean, I find I find Carl and Kyle to be deeply triggering. Like they remind me of like the guys from high school that were like one or two years older than me in school and they were really popular and like dated girls in my grade who were like like popular and hot, but then like treated me like I was like you know, either just non-existent or like a loser. And so watching them on the show, I'm just like, Ugh. like they, Carl sends an ice cold shiver up my spine. Yeah, I agree. I think if anything, Kyle probably does that to me because I feel like he's that guy who like is like funny with you in math class and you'd see him at a party and he'd uh, be mean to you. <laughs> You're like, wait, <laughs> like, totally. You're like, but I thought we were buddies. I know that always happened to me. Like I was always in theater in high school and every fucking year there would be like one popular guy who decides that like, this is the year that he's going to try theater. And you know, he immediately gets cast and like fucking everything. So he'd be in my acting classes or like at rehearsals with me. And I'd be like, Oh my God, I have a crush on him. And I would think we were friends. And then I'd see him like in the real world and it just like wouldn't translate. It's just some tough, tough pill to swallow. I feel like we've really gone through some like good middle school trauma in this episode. I feel like it's, it's been really real this week. It's part of my brand at this point. Like I don't know how to shut the fuck up about it. And I'm just waiting for the day I get like an iTunes review on my podcast. It's like, we get it. You were bullied. We know. Like, I'm like, sorry. I think it's, but I think so many people went through it that I like talking about it. I think it brings people together. I think it absolutely does. And I think like, I don't know, the shitty things that happened to you when you were younger create the person you are today. And so if I wasn't bullied when I was younger and if I didn't bully other people when I was younger, maybe I wouldn't have a podcast. Same, 100%. (laughs) Wait, where do you stand on the Hannah Page drama? Hannah Page, uh, Amanda drama, I guess. Hannah Page, Amanda drama. I guess I understand where, who was it, when Lindsay said that those girls are all clicky. And I kind of agree with that. Mm -hmm. But- I, I don't know. It's hard because with girlfriends who you could tell are actually girlfriends, it's hard to be like on someone's side. Cause I can totally see both of them. I think Paige pegged Luke really quickly for being the fuck boy that he is, mm-hmm. but he's so hot. Like even if your best friend is telling you that the hot guy is a piece of shit and you still like haven't hooked up yet and you haven't done any of that stuff, like you're still going to give it a shot. Like you're totally. not friend you know and it's Luke he's literally a gorgeous model who gives Hannah so much attention and positivity and like he was really it seemed like he was really into her so understandably so she would like hang back and not hang out with her friends and do stuff with him instead like I get that but I don't think like Paige and Amanda had to be so hard on the poor guy Obviously, until, like, this more recent episodes where, like, it comes out that he's, like, okay, so you're actively fucking other women, which is why. Right. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> like, they right, were. Right, but I also think, yeah, I agree. I think it's, like, I understand being protective of your friend because I've definitely been the Hannah in a situation, and I've had friends who are, like, in happy relationships with guys. And Sorry, what did you say? I'm exclusively the Hannah in this situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a thing. And, like, so it is. I've been the Hannah enough times to know how frustrating it is when you have your friends like mad dogging you and therefore like kind of cock blocking you when you're like, okay, this might blow up in my face, but like I'm horny enough or excited enough about this guy that I just want to explore it. Like get off my dick and just like shut your mouth. And it's also like, they're both in relationships. And so it comes off very much like, well, you know, you're single and you're making these dumb choices, but we're happily dating. And it's like, Amanda, you and Kyle are a fucking disaster. So like, hot kettle black like she's just deflecting the attention off of her and Kyle's shit show and then it's like I know that they genuinely I think Paige especially genuinely comes from like a loving caring place but it's like she should at least be like Hannah I love you I don't co-sign this but if you want to explore it fine I just can't like I can't necessarily like listen to you bitch about it for months on end afterwards if it doesn't work out the way you want Totally. And yeah, I mean, I think it's perfect describing Amanda's deflection (laughs) from Kyle. Oh my God. He like, he's his pants. He's almost like 40 years old. I don't understand how she thinks anything will ever change. Like if these are the problems that were happening three years ago when you guys met and they are still problems today, imagine when you have two kids and he's still out drinking and making out with other girls and doing all this shit. Like, this will never stop. History will repeat itself. And when you don't have any sort of backbone towards a man like that, he will keep steamrolling you. And 
it kills me that she quit her job. Like I understand that like she's on this show and makes a good salary from it and probably makes, you know, some pennies off of, you know, lover boy, but uh-huh. it kills me that he made her feel crazy for not leaving her job. when I totally understood, but she's like, I don't know what the future holds. Yeah. Just leave my good job. And she did to now be full-time designer at lover boy. It's like, okay, well, how much designing are you going to be doing? And I guess, you know, leaning into the whole summer house cast member thing, like pretty much most of them are doing, but I don't know that, that just frustrated me where he couldn't even see that maybe she needed to keep her own job to just remain like afloat on her own outside of him. But yeah. And to have some sense of purpose and like something that's like just hers and not like theirs as a couple. And it's unfortunate. Cause like I do like Amanda and I think she, I just, I can picture the kind of guy that she should be with. And I don't think it's Kyle. I don't think it's Kyle either. And even like, I don't know, even like she didn't go to like his family's reunion thing. It's like, why wouldn't you go to that? Like that seems like so much fun. Why is that a weekend you're choosing to not be with him? Yeah. Like, it seems like that is just like an amazing weekend. Kyle's obviously from like, oh, like white, white, white money, like from totally. where Vermont or Maine. I can't even remember where, like beautiful area that he's from. Like that's like the weekend I would die to be with my fiance and his family, like on like a fun party weekend. And so it also made me confused where she's like, I'm so excited to lay in bed with Paige all weekend. It's like, right. I know. Yeah, it's I can't your girlfriend and love, love your girl. But like, when there is a good weekend to spend with your man, like you don't you want to do that? But I'm like his rich ass parents and like the good wine and like cheese that they inevitably have at their events. Oh, most definitely. I feel like they have like raw bars that they're just like so many like oysters, like left and right. A freshly shucked oyster in like a backyard with like freshly mowed grass and like a summer night, just like living your great dad's be bliss. <laughs> well, now I'm actually thinking she probably didn't go because everyone would be like, what's up with the wedding? And she's like, I don't want to marry this deadbeat alcoholic, but I'm still with him. Cause we're on a TV show together. <laughs> ah! like, I know I really need Sheena's psychic Shauna to tell me what the future holds for them too. But hopefully we get to see it play out on our TVs. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, Hannah, this was such a fun episode. Thank you for coming on. Where can people find you, follow you and listen to your awesome show? Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. This was a blast. I feel like I just like drank a bunch of, I don't know, lover boy. And now I'm just like excited to go live my life. I feel (laughs) revived by our conversation is what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) um, uh, why can't I speak? Okay. My Instagram and Twitter is at Hannah a Brown. So you can follow me there. And then my podcast is called Brown eyed Junicorn. And that is, uh, that's streaming on like Apple podcasts, Spotify, etc. It's a pop culture and Bravo podcast. So check it out. Ooh, thank you for coming on. This is awesome. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour. If you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to leave a quick review and a five-star rating. And while you're at it, head to Instagram and follow at Bravo Happy Hour to talk with fellow listeners on the episode's discussion posts. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any super juicy gossip or just to say hi. Be sure to tune in every Monday and Thursday for more of your favorite Bravo-related news. 